0: Stuff Of Nightmares
1: Hey what's happening everybody My name is Rick And I'll be your guide on this little journey To get your true crime and paranormal fix We'll be talking about everything From monsters in the closets To monsters next door So make sure you keep an eye on your neighbor You look under your bed You check your closets Because the Stuff of Nightmares starts now Imagine, one day while you're in the warmth and safety of your home, a knock comes to your door. A knock that if answered would send your mind through a whole range of emotions and make you question everything in your life. Would you answer the door? Do you really have a choice when the people on the other side of the door are policemen? Now imagine them asking you questions. Questions about a friend you have not seen in a few months. Questions that make your head spin and bile rise from your stomach. Imagine them telling you things about your friend that make no sense. They make him seem different. Darker. Darker than he was around you. Scarier. Imagine finding out your friend has a secret. A very bad secret. A secret so bad, it would change how you see and feel about him. Now imagine finding out monsters are real, and sometimes, they spent the night at your house, around your family, and around your kids. This is exactly what happened to Adam the day he found out his best friend was a serial killer.
2: Hi everybody, my name's Adam. I'm uh, in Southwest Michigan, and uh, yeah, I guess the story is my, uh, my best friend's a serial killer. Um, I met, uh, his name's Harold, we all called him Dave, I met Dave in 2009, um, let's see, I met him through a cousin of mine, uh, we rented, uh, Dave's downstairs, we all kind of lived together, um, it was kind of a party house, we had a lot of fun, um, we weren't any kids around or anything like that, it was just a bunch of young guys living together in their 20s, so a lot of beer parties and things like that, and, um. Dave and I, we became really, really good friends. Uh, it, we were so close that at one time I, I helped him, actually went to court for him and um, helped him get custody of his daughter when he was uh, breaking up from a relationship. And then uh, we spent a lot of time together as as adults and with our families and stuff. And then I got the surprise of my life uh, in February of 2000, or 2021. Uh, I was visited by two Calhoun County Sheriff's Officers they're, uh, that's in Battle Creek, Michigan is where they were from and they came to tell me about uh, my friend Dave um, they wanted to come and talk to me so while I was waiting for them to come and, and talk to me I did a little bit of research to try to figure out what they're wanting to talk about and that's when I found out all the atrocious things he's, he's done um, so I guess kind of going back uh, Dave and I uh, like I said, we were, we were really close, almost like brothers, or essentially we were brothers from another mother. Uh, both had families. I have two kids. He had two kids. Our wives loved each other. We were, When we got together, we were um, doing family things, camping, uh, amusement parks, and things like that. Um, but I didn't know he had this secret life. <clears throat> um, once I started doing some research about him, I found out that in... I want to say in the 90s when he was a teenager that he had killed a young man in Germany. Um, I, I knew a little bit about that one, but I was told a different story than what, it, than what really happened. I was told that a bunch of people were out camping in the woods. Uh, they had taken some acid or mushrooms or something like that. And when they all woke up the next morning, there was one young man that was uh, found dead, beaten to death by a tree branch. Um, So that's the story I was told. uh, I was told that Dave was locked up in a juvenile facility in Germany for about a year because they couldn't prove that he didn't, but they couldn't prove that he didn't do it either. So all these kids got locked up Um, after their year sentence. They were all just told to leave the country and never come back to Germany. Um, And I think that's I guess that's when Dave started his his fantasies about killing people. Um, Sometime in early 2000 before I met Dave. Uh, apparently he met a young lady from Battle Creek, Michigan, um, who was, I think she had some problems with her family or something and ran off. Uh, there's some talk that she may have been pregnant and Dave may have been her, uh, the, the father of her child. Um, but she just disappeared. Uh, he was a, a person of interest, but I don't think they could ever really pin anything on him or interviewed him or anything like that. Um, It has now come out that he killed her, kind of the same deal, took her out into the woods and and hit her with a a log or a tree branch and then just kind of left her there. Um, He has came back to Battle Creek to try to show the police where he left her body, but I I think it's been so long there aren't any trace of her. Um, Then, apparently, there were two other people in Pennsylvania that he murdered as well, two young ladies. Um, His victims seem to be younger ladies that have either um, some sort of like limited uh, mental capacity or diminished uh, learning abilities or something along those lines. Um, But the way I found all this stuff out was uh, in, let's see, in November of 2021, Dave called me and he talked to me about uh, getting together over Thanksgiving, uh, which I wasn't able to, because we were going out of town. Um, So we made plans to get together over Christmas. Uh, a li- couple weeks later, it was on December 7th. I-, I remember it vividly cause it's my birthday. He texts me to tell me like happy birthday and, you know, just picking on me, calling me old and things like that. Well, the night before he called me is when he killed his last victim. Um, I can't remember what the young lady's name is, but, uh, killed her. in I think in the Chambersburg area of Pennsylvania, um, kind of same deal. He, he meet these people online, uh, take them out into the woods and, and just do bad things to them. Um really got to me because he texted me the day after it happened and just acted like there was nothing big happened at all you know d- didn't say anything about it or or whatever um we made plans that thanksgiving to get together around christmas time and uh, christmas time comes around i tried to get a hold of him again i didn't know any of this stuff was going on but i tried to get a hold of him and he wouldn't answer my calls or my texts or call me back or anything um i later found out that he came up here for christmas uh up here to battle creek he came up here um he was interviewed by the fbi they while they're interviewing him they put a tracker on his car he was supposed to come back the day after christmas to finish the interview but he decided to flee the area he went back to pennsylvania where he tried to commit suicide um for what he said was be punished for his sins um, and that's when they arrested him and, and that's when i i found out all this kind of stuff but uh, it really, um, I don't like saying I'm a victim in this because these ladies and this young man in Germany were just things that happened to them and, and their families. just absolutely awful. Uh, I can't even imagine, uh, being the parents or, or relatives of any of these people. Um, but it, it did affect me because a guy that I, I loved as a brother and I trusted, you know, with my family and, and my wife and my daughter and, you know i spent a lot of time with you know had these two sides and one side was extremely evil so it, it did mess with me a lot so much so that i had dreams that i was with him when uh one of the ladies were killed i woke up screaming one night and my wife had to calm me down and, and prove to me that we were out of town when that happened and there's no way i could have been with him but the dreams were so vivid um so it's i mean that's that's kind of like i guess that's what happened um you know i I feel bad for all those families. I, I wish I could take it all back. I wish I could make make it all right. Um, but I know I can't and there's nothing that anybody could ever say or do to, to put those people at peace. Um, I will say that that I do hope that Dave gets exactly what he deserves. Um, I think being the monster that he is he he should you know get the, the fullest extent punishment of the law. Um, and he shouldn't be allowed to do this to anybody else because he's affected you know, all these families. He's affected my family. He's affected his daughter, his parents. Um, it, it's just awful. So.
1: And along those lines, I, I know you and I had talked and essentially you are a victim. Um, there's many victims that as a person that is involved in true crime, we, we tend to you know, look at the victim and the perpetrator but anyone that that he was involved with outside of what happened they're all victims i'm sure that you've gone through a hundred different stages of grief and just thinking that you know there's something you could have done or something maybe you should have noticed that that it just didn't you know pop out to you at the time so
2: oh for sure i yeah, I've thought many times, like, what if, what if I would have just spent a little more time with him or, or showed him how much he really means to me? Maybe that wouldn't have, maybe it would have fixed whatever like clicked differently in his head. You know what I mean? Like, what if, what if, uh, we would have played another round of golf that day instead of, you know, him being with those ladies and doing that? Or what if I would have explained to him how important he is to me and my family? Maybe, maybe that would have. Reset whatever was wrong or miswired or whatever in his head, and he wouldn't have had those kind of thoughts. To do those to people? I, it's, I don't know. It's so, so hard to really describe. I guess.
1: So, do you know anything about like him growing
2: up? Um. Yes. Yeah, so, I, uh, yeah. Dave's parents are are amazing people. Um, his dad was in the military. Well, worked for the Department of Defense. Not really in the military, but. They would go to these places and like decommission bases and and his dad would have to process all the inventory that was there so they moved around a lot i know they were in california they were in pennsylvania they were in germany i think they were in turkey or something like that for a while um and from everything that i've been told about Dave is that you know he was a very likable person he had a lot of friends um he was always kind of like into the the heavy metal you know metallica and even kind of harder metal like music than that uh ramstein from germany and and just like real heavy metal he was a band guy he was in the band played guitar um like he he played sports when he was younger he was a golfer he was a bowler we played disc golf together a lot um but yeah just a very likable guy very uh he's the kind of guy that would do anything for anybody he'd give you the shirt off his back he loved being around families he loved his daughter loved my daughter um i mean he once took her to cedar point for the weekend like his daughter and my daughter to cedar point for the weekend and spent i can't even tell you how much money on those two um just not the kind of guy that you would think would do something like this honestly
1: and nothing it appears that nothing stood out like you know a lot of times you'll find out that the people that that do these crimes you know sometimes they're loners they don't have very many friends they kind of keep to themselves it doesn't seem like he was that type of guy
2: no not at all um you know you, you read about like jeffrey Dahmer, who had you know stuffed animals or dead animals in his house or um a shout at somebody or something like that he didn't do any of that kind of stuff he was always about just everybody being together everybody having a good time so uh he was he was always the kind of guy that that wanted everyone to be happy if someone was like if we were having a party at our house if somebody was off to the side you know just kind of bumming because they didn't feel fit in dave made sure that they they felt like they were fit in and made sure that they were having a good time and um he was just so full of life you know like just so so happy and and so excited to do things he he loved being a dad to his daughter gracie um he was so excited when i told him that we were expecting and he's like well, we're in the dad club now you know so that that makes it even harder um that he's uh that makes it even even harder to understand how somebody can be like that because i've read about you know all sorts of serial killers and, and true crime things and you know uh he wasn't like what a profiler would would say would be a stereotypical serial killer somebody that would be on somebody's radar
1: That was actually one of the next questions i was going to ask you is so there's there's like the triad is is things that they look at for serial killers um and that would be like you know abusing animals stuff like that um you don't know of anything like that 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 he was a part of
2: no not at all not at all um we i mean that the only time i've ever seen him hurt an animal is when he and i were fishing and you know he he caught a fish and he kept it that's the only time i've ever seen him hurt an animal uh at my house we had a pit bull. um his name was Taz he was my daughter's dog unfortunately he ran away but um he would come over here and just throw the ball in the backyard with my dog never showed any kind of aggression to anybody uh the only the only like thing i could say that stood out uh, but i'm no different is he liked scary movies he liked you know reading about um about true crimes and serial killers. I mean, I, I'm the same way. I, I took a lot of criminology classes in school and sociology and stuff because it, it's fascinating how that kind of mind works. Um, just un, unfortunately, his mind works the same way, I guess. I did learn later, though, and this really surprised me that he that he uh, he researched grave robbing. He researched uh, uh, eating people. Um, I guess he had a fascination that I wasn't aware of with the Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal Lecter. Um, and I think I read somewhere too uh, about um, the guy in Wisconsin that the Texas Chantel Massacre is based off, I don't remember, Ed Gein. Yes. I guess he, he was really into Ed Gein and I, I I never caught that, but he was just really good at keeping that stuff hidden, I guess.
1: Well, and I wonder if I know that he has stated he probably would have done it again if he would not have been caught. And a lot of times, these guys have an M.O., but they can progress into other things. Maybe that's something that, you know, he was looking to trying if he kept going. You know, there's a lot of serial killers out there, like the the Long Island serial killer. They still don't know who that is. Right. You know, and he's put, I don't even know how many people in the ground, and he just progressively... Did different things you know it was always women and then he he did there was a transsexual that he did then then he murdered uh, a woman that was pregnant and a little kid and so it's the same type of thing where if he was allowed to keep going it it could have gotten worse
2: yeah we could look at the btk killer in topeka kansas right like he he was a married man a dad like a soccer dad i think he was a coach and stuff and he had done these things to people for like 20 years 20 or 30 years and nobody nobody suspected him everyone was surprised when it happened um and i feel like dave pretty much was the same way just had everybody thinking he was one type of way and he was completely different
1: you just never really know a person
2: yeah, that's true, um, and and now that it, I've read more and more about it, because I'll Google his name every probably every three weeks just see if there's any kind of uh, movement on any of the cases. Whether it's, I think the two in Pennsylvania are pretty much all wrapped up. He's pled guilty to him. Um, I I think he did it to avoid the death penalty, but I'm not entirely sure if if uh, Pennsylvania has a death penalty or not. I know Michigan does not, um, but he. Uh, I, I know that the, the ones that are down there are taken care of, but the one up here is still considered an open case because they can't find that young lady's body. Um, so I do Google him every once in a while just to kind of see if there's any kind of, of movement on his cases. Um, I've thought about writing him. Uh, I'll be honest, I've thought about writing him and asking him if he's thought about killing me before. Um, I don't know why my brain wants to know that, but uh, my wife doesn't think it's a good idea for me to do. But it's just something I, I, I just I feel like I need to know for some reason. Um, but I don't know how to how to approach that. You know, how do you how do you just write somebody you haven't talked to in two years that you found out is a monster? Um, I mean, part of me still considers him my brother. You know what I mean? It's it's just so weird.
1: It's the shock. It's not the person that you knew or the person that you thought you knew, and then finding out that what they've done, your head spins and goes back to you know that could have been me that could have been my family
2: oh for sure for sure he he mentioned mentioned many times that we should go camping together um he's like oh why don't you and i just go camping we'll get rid of the wife and the kids for a weekend and just go camping and just spend some guy time together you know and and uh, of course now i'm like holy crap that's that's how we got his his people you know um i mean i don't think i quite fit the mo of of his latest victims but there's that young man you know back in germany so it it very well could have been me i have no idea
1: yeah from what i read on on that case he did not like the way the guy looked at him i guess i guess the the boy that he had killed got up around the fire and started dancing and looked at him and he didn't quite like how that transpired and that's when he did what he did uh that's assuming You know what he's saying is true i know you had said that the story that he had told you explain to me why you think that wasn't the story i know we had talked about it but let everybody know
2: yeah so um uh, so the way i found out about the guy in germany is uh like i I mentioned earlier in the podcast i i went to court to help him get custody of his daughter because i knew I knew his daughter's mom and she wasn't the kind of person that I'd I'd even want like around my animal, let alone my, my child. Um, so I did go back to, to, or I went to court to help him get custody of her and just kind of explain the things I saw when I lived with them. Um, it was at that time that a mutual friend of ours, uh, lashed out because here I'm getting a murderer, quote unquote, a murderer. Um, custody of of a little girl and taken away from her mom so i questioned him about it and his parents i was like you know i'm about ready to to step up to bat here for you i want to know really what happened and i was told that it was a party out in the woods um everyone was like taking mushrooms or tripping on shrooms or something like that and then in the morning they, they found one person dead well later Uh, It was actually at at Dave's house. We were watching scary movies. We had this thing where every Halloween we would just find like the cheesiest scary movie um, on Netflix and and just watch them. Well, there's a movie called Shrooms, which is essentially that exact same story where a bunch of people go out into the woods, they take some mushrooms, and one of the people loses their mind and starts killing everybody in the woods. Um, So I I want to believe what happened in Germany is the way that, that Dave said it was to people. Um, But to me, it sounds too much like a movie. So, you know, it's like, what came first? Did the movie come first or did Dave's story come first? Like, did they make the movie over Dave's story? Did Dave make up this story because of the movie? So that's that's a question that I have um, that I don't think I'll ever get answered.
1: That was interesting when you said about you saw this movie and that was the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, did the directors or the writers of this movie hear about this murder in Germany and kind of write their story about it? Or was it something that he had already seen and that was just something that he could kind of make you feel better about? Oh, no, no. This is what happened because he's not going to come right out and tell you what happened.
2: Exactly. I'm also pretty concerned about a an interview. Uh, so there's a, a news station down in that Chambersburg, Pennsylvania area, Harrisburg, Chambersburg, whatever, that did a, a three-part series on him. And I've listened to the interviews that they had. And at one time he talks about the woods uh, because both the two ladies in pennsylvania were put in the same the same area in the woods not the exact same spot but they're in the same area and i guess it's a big valley with a bunch of woods and he does mention in this news interview that um I, i think his exact quote is something along the lines of if they looked i'm sure they would find a lot more bodies in those woods um which makes me believe uh just from the way he said it and the way i know how he talks I think that there are more in there that he hasn't admitted to yet. I really do. Um, he was a truck driver. He drove all over the United States. Um, I mean, he'd often call me when he was in his truck and stuff. And I would not be as surprised if there are a lot more people that we just don't know about. Because I, I don't see how somebody who got that. He, he, it says in the interview that he got a rush when he killed that first kid in Germany. And that was in the 90s. I don't understand, I don't think it's possible to shut that rush off for 15, 20 years, do it again and then shut it off and then do it again. you, you see what I'm saying? I, I, I just, I think there's more.
1: No, I agree. And unfortunately, like you said, with him being a truck driver, there could be there could be hundreds of people scattered throughout the US. You just don't know. He wouldn't be the first truck driver that has been a serial killer.
2: Oh, for sure. It, it, it definitely that that line of work definitely enables people to be able to get away with things that you wouldn't if you came home every night, you know, from a nine to five job. You know, it it does it. It gives you the the opportunity to do things in conspicuous ways um, and essentially lead two different lives.
1: So now as, as we were talking, you mentioned his wife, and I know that I had read that he had actually told her about the one murder. Would you do you know more about that?
2: Yeah, so she and I talked um this past December. It'd been a well, I hadn't talked to her since this stuff happened. Um I I put something on Facebook, she liked it and I, I took that as an opportunity to reach out to her. Um she told me that uh, when she when he when Dave first told her about what happened, I think it was to the the second or no, the first young lady that he murdered um he supposedly took her out to where her body was um i didn't exactly ask that question if if that part was true um but she did tell me that that she has been fearful for her life he did threaten to kill her and her daughter um her daughter i think is like nine or ten or something like that um and she went to the fbi and they've actually moved her to um a total separate location and I, I i believe she's still kind of in the pennsylvania area um, but she doesn't live in the same town. Um, she, I know she was living in a hotel for a little while, literally with a guard outside of her door um, until they arrested Dave or until the trial thing happened or Raymond or something happened. But, um, you know, it's definitely upended her life too. She worked for the, I wanna say, I wanna say Penn State. Um, she did something um, in medical research with Penn State and I think she's had to change her job. Um, pulled their daughter out of their school that they were in, um, because like Dave was, uh, he was a daughter's soccer coach, and a t-ball coach. Like he was like, just a normal dad to to both these girls, his biological daughter and then his stepdaughter. Um, but it, Annie, that's his his ex-wife's name. But she is definitely a victim in all this as well.
1: Absolutely, especially the fact that. So, he was finding these girls through dating apps and and websites, stuff like that, and then he would basically lure them into the woods and, and kill them. So, not only was he keeping a secret from her that he was finding these girls, he was going out of his way looking for these girls. Now, he didn't do anything to them, nothing that was shown anyway in anything that I had read. Um but he had just killed them.
2: Yeah, he, he never showed any kind of malice towards any of them. It was, it sounds to me like it was literally, I'm picking you up for a day. I think one of them, he actually even surprised at her house. He just kind of like text, knock, knock, I'm here, or surprise, I'm here. Um, and he took her, they were going to go out and just sit at a campfire and just talk. Um, and I think that was the, the last young lady he killed, the one right before he got caught. Um, but it was not... It doesn't seem to me like, or it doesn't sound to me like it was ever done out of anger. It was done out of, like, I guess just the rush is what he called it. He just called it a rush.
1: It was more of a thrill kill.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't think they were premeditated. I mean, they had to have been in some capacity, right? But I don't think he woke up in the morning and he was like, I'm going to kill somebody today. I, I don't want to believe that he did that and i don't know if it's if i don't want to believe it because we're so close and such good friends but um i i want to believe that when he was out there he was just like well I, i'm out here i can do it you know what i mean that that's what i want to believe um i i, I don't know <laughs> i guess i don't know how to go any further with with saying that but it's what i want to believe i don't want to believe that he intentionally or that he woke up just wanting to be a monster
1: as, as a friend to somebody, you you expect them to be like they've always been to you. And mm-hmm. to find out that the person that you know, like you had said in the email or in the uh, the messaging that you and I were doing, he had a Jekyll and Hyde personality.
2: And you didn't know that. Right. Um. So I, I'm thinking about this now. So one of the. One of the ladies, like I said, he just kind of texted her surprise or knock, knock, surprise. I'm here. And he's actually done that to me before, too. I didn't know he was in town. And then all of a sudden he just texts me. Hey, I'm outside your house. Are you home? Like, let's hang out. Um, So that's kind of weird now that I think about it, because uh, I guess I never like put in put in my head that he that that's how he, you know, got this last young lady. Um, But I guess like, I don't know. That's weird. It just popped into my head that he's done that to me before.
1: I don't think that, I don't think that you would have had a problem with him, um, simply because, and, and I, I can't say this for sure, but his M.O. seemed to be a much weaker person that he could pretty much control.
2: I, I think, that, yeah, I agree with that. Now I'll tell you, like I, I have, I've gone through some different chat boards, um, Reddit. I think there's a Reddit about uh, the ladies and the, uh, the case and things like that. And it does seem to me like there's at least three or four more people in that Harrisburg, Chambersburg area that are missing. And they've been known to be associated with a truck driver named Dave. Um, Now, I don't know if the police have found that and like put it all together. Um, I've talked to the police here, I think three different times. Um, There's a lake that that Dave and I used to go fishing at, well, with my cousin as well, we used to go fishing at. and I, I had to show them where this hidden lake is because, again, they can't find the body of this one young lady. So they um, I went out there to show them where that is and hopes that maybe she was there and we can give that family some closure. But uh, I don't think that that they were there. Um, that was the biggest shock, though, honestly, was just having two police officers come and talk to me about about this when I had no idea. And they were apologetic. They thought I knew about it. Because um, I hadn't talked to him in, you know, two months, but I was completely clueless until the day they walked into my work.
1: That It blows my mind that people can be so evil, but yet be so different to the people that they love.
2: No, I completely agree. And like I've, like I said, I, I'm kind of into like criminology and stuff. I've read it's an Anna Rule's book about the stranger beside me and how she had a relationship with Ted Bundy and she never suspected that ted bundy you know did as much as he did um i've read about john Wayne gacy you know gacy's wife had no idea that he was the monster he was until weird smells and bugs and stuff started coming up from underneath this house um you, you you see it you read about it time and time again you know when you hear about these these serial killers um they're so charismatic and i i can say that about dave his charisma I mean like i said he'd get anybody to like him we'd go into a bar and we'd leave that bar with four other people that we had just met to go to another bar because they just they like clung to him because he's he was like i guess the ultimate guys guy like you know just just bullshitting with people having fun telling jokes you know getting people to like him Uh, very confident he was a very very confident person um very articulate, very smart. Um, he had he had a lot of book smarts, not a lot of street smarts, but a lot of book smarts. He and I we'd have academic conversations. I just finished my master's degree, and he was fascinated with the fact that I got a master's degree. And he wanted to know, you know, all about what I was learning in college. Um, I got into cryptocurrency trading and stuff, and he wanted me to teach him everything I could about cryptocurrencies and how to make money off Bitcoin and things like that. So he had. He had an amazing intellectual knowledge and a willingness to learn and a desire to meet people and to have fun with people um which again i think just makes this thing even even tougher you know um but i guess you you see it with all sorts of of serial killers and things you know um charles manson look at his charisma it was insane he got people to do atrocious things even say that about Hitler, like awful human being. He had a lot of charisma, and he got a whole country to do awful, awful, awful things. Um, it's it's just weird to me how people's brains are wired like that.
1: I agree. On one of my promos, I say, you know, monsters don't always hide in your closet or under your bed. Sometimes they live right next door, and that is so true. You really don't know who is who lives beside you, who your neighbors are. Because you only see one aspect of them. You don't get to see them all the time. And that's oh, kind yes. of the same same situation that you were in. And again, you, even though you don't like to call yourself a victim, you are a victim. Just like his parents are victims. Just like the girls that he killed were victims. Their parents were victims. There's just different degrees of it. And I can assure you that your pain is probably no different than the parents of the girls that were killed. It's a little bit different, but it, it it's pretty much the same thing.
2: Yeah, I, I get you saying that. It's hard for me to, to associate that because I, I can't. I mean, I'm a father of two kids. I I I can't even imagine somebody coming to my door and telling me that something awful happened to my children. So, I mean, I, I get that you say that. It's hard for my brain to process that because like, I, I mean, because, you know, I, I I just can't imagine dealing with that kind of pain. I've never had that kind of loss or anything like that. <clears throat> um, but you talk about, like, you know, about the, the normal person next door or the killer next door. Um, you know, and that, that makes me think of, like, some other just crazy things that he had done. You know, we had a Halloween party and he dressed up like uh, Captain Spaulding from a Rob Zombie movie called House of a Thousand Corpses. I mean, pulled it off to a T. If you were, uh, there's a picture out there somewhere of him dressed up. It's on Reddit, I think, um, or Twitter or something like that. But uh, I mean, it's out there, and he looks like it to a T, you know. And he talks just like the, the actor that plays Captain Spaulding in the movie. And that's what Captain Spaulding is—he's a murderer. Um, but when he when he did it, we're all just like, oh, you know, that's just Dave being Dave, you know. But now that I think about it and I put it into that perspective it it was Dave being Dave in two different ways you know what I mean It was like almost at that moment both of his personalities were there
1: that's weird for me to think about because you're right you know it's it's him being him as the jokester the funny guy the happy guy but also a killer hiding behind a mask
2: yeah yeah almost like putting it under a nose and I've never thought about that to this very very second you know what I mean
1: that was a good uh good analogy too so i want to thank you for coming on the show and and talking about your experience with somebody that was not who you thought they were
2: yeah it's uh it's it's actually been i think it's i think it's kind of healing and kind of cathartic to be able to to talk to somebody about it because i i really haven't talked to anybody about it in depth except for my wife you know and she's seen me try to process it and and try to make sense of it all which there is none but I think it was good to do this and I want other people to know that if you you know say you find yourself in this situation um that I'm in where you know somebody that that's done something awful it doesn't mean that you're an awful person or that you missed something or you could have fixed it or you could have changed it and it took me a little while I mean some days I still don't believe it myself but um it's just I don't know I I think it's It'd be good for other people to know that honestly this could happen to anybody it could be anybody's next-door neighbor and there's really nothing you can do about it um except for just show people love and compassion and you know try to be a good friend
1: couldn't have said it better myself because you like i said you know you can't feel that there's anything you could have done to stop it because chances are there isn't and if you would have tried you could have been the next victim
2: yeah exactly
1: so, well, thank you, Adam, for coming on and, and telling everybody, you know, about your experience with him and and showing that they're not doing anything wrong. If they do find out something happened to a friend, a neighbor or, or whatever that they didn't see.
2: Yeah, like I said, it's my pleasure. I, uh, I hope that this will give other people the courage to, to talk about something like this if they're a part of it.
1: Like what you're hearing so far? Make sure to never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Every day, people all over the world encounter things they cannot explain, things that terrify them and things that defy logic. But not everything can be rationalized. Not everything has a logical explanation. Not everything can be proven by science. In fact, according to Dr. Ethan Seigel, when it comes to science, proving anything is an impossibility. It is a theory based on a lot of evidence to validate a specific idea over a period of time. He states, nothing in science can ever truly be proven. It's always subject to revision. If that in fact is the case, why are some people so skeptical of things that cannot be explained? Over the years, dozens of plant and animals thought to be extinct have been identified. Just last year alone, California Academy of Science researchers discovered 71 new animal and plant species. So is it out of the realm of possibility that people are seeing cryptids, UFOs, ghosts, and Bigfoot? To those that have seen or experienced these unknown phenomena, it is real and terrifying. Many choose to keep their experiences to themselves for fear of being ridiculed or ostracized. Many are looking for validation from others to ensure that what they saw or experienced was truly real and not just in their head. And then there are those that know what they experienced and want to help others by sharing their experiences. These are their stories.
0: Hi, I'm Chris Brownell. Um, I'm from, well, Saskatoon at the moment, Um, so I'll just start with the uh, earliest story that I have. Um, So I think I was about seven or eight and I was visiting my mom while she was living in Duff, Saskatchewan. It's an extremely small um, village just out of... uh, it's Melville? Uh, Yeah, about 30 minutes away from Melville. Uh, So on that particular visit uh, we went into Melville to be babysat by one of my mom's friends, and while we were there, so they were telling about uh, how we should not uh, misbehave whatsoever because there's uh, there's apparently a ghost in the house. We didn't really think too much about it, and uh, well, the person that was babysitting us fell asleep on the on their chair, um, and we were kind of being noisy little brats and uh, at that point uh, something hit me at the back of the head so the next one uh, a few years after that um, me and my brother had joined the Cub Scouts and uh, went camping, winter camping in this particular instance and uh, normally when you go camping with the Scouts you do games and stuff and we We're playing capture the flag when it was about uh, I think about six or seven it was just starting to get dark and uh, so I run past a couple of the kids that are on the other team they're guarding the flag I grab the flag run in the opposite direction and uh, they're chasing me I hid behind in something like I thought it was just a uh, just a big stump and then they run past then I hear it start to move I turn around and see two very large eyes look down at me and uh, yeah kind of kind of breathed and uh, didn't really seem to do much other than look kind of mad at me and then walked away then I ran back to camp. Couldn't really tell you too much about what the hell that was other than, at the time I didn't know what a Sasquatch was, but uh, pretty sure that is what it was. It was um, it was in a scout camp about two hours north of Saskatoon. And uh, despite what a lot of people think about Saskatoon or Saskatchewan, um, it's not as flat as you might think it's it has a lot of valleys and a lot of bush that uh, most people don't seem to realize he's when they're passing through on the uh the main highway because that's a pretty flat run right through saskatchewan the uh the thing that I remember most about that particular experience was the uh the pungent smell of the thing like I've don't know if you've ever had a dog that's buried anything that used to be alive and then you find it a few weeks later, but it's uh pretty rank and that's kind of what the uh what it smelt like so kind of dead fish, dead skunk almost. But I didn't really like going to the woods after that, at least not by myself. Um, yeah, I still did a lot of winter camping after that, but I kind of feel paranoid whenever I go out in the woods, like something's, something's out there. Not sure what, but, uh, something. So don't, uh, don't tend to wander away from the group as, uh, as my brother has done. (laughs) You might, uh, know her, know him from the, uh, from the newspaper from a while ago, uh, he got lost in the woods for about uh, about a day, two days. Um, he apparently walked over uh, 20 miles from where the rest of the group was to uh, to I think it was west, and that was in the uh, in the Rockies and uh, near Canmore, near Canmore, I think. Won't say that he saw anything out there, but yeah, he was pretty rattled from getting lost and not being able to find anybody he got lucky though yeah that's his story um i
1: actually have a question about that story there um yeah so that didn't happen to be like a national park that he he got lost in
0: actually yeah it was in bath like canmore is just in bath almost um so yeah that was there he got lost but we found him at least so
1: and you said he was, like, 20 miles away, and he did that in one day? Yeah. Yeah. Does he have any missing time?
0: I don't know. Um, he doesn't really talk about it.
1: And the only reason I'm asking is, that sounds an awful lot like... I don't know if you've ever heard of the missing 411. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, That sounds an awful lot like that. Right. Where, they, where somebody just disappears, and they find something of them or they find them basically some place that there's no way they could have traveled that amount of distance in the short amount of time. Right. So that that's pretty interesting that he's had that experience.
0: Yeah. Don't uh don't know what exactly happened to him out there, but uh yeah, he doesn't talk about it all so much. Remember, yeah, there was a lot of search teams and a few helicopters and he was definitely way out of where they were looking for him, because I think they were, they were looking nearby where he went missing. But uh, he was traveling by a river, I guess. And uh, he did tell me that uh, that he was traveling there. He actually drank some of the water from the river, and uh, I guess it was he was traveling the opposite way the river was going, and uh, he came across a uh, dead deer apparently, in the river water, so he uh, he was very dehydrated after that, and uh, his shoes were completely worn out, like, they were completely almost gone at that point, because he had fallen in the lake a few times, or in the river a few times, traveling. I don't know why he was doing, like, why he walked away from the group. That was one of the biggest things in scouts. You, uh, you don't walk away from the group. That was one of the biggest uh, rules. And uh, he forgot that rule, or didn't follow it that particular time.
1: Was he fairly young at the time as well?
0: I think fourteen or fifteen at the time.
1: Okay. So not not really young. Right, but e- even at fourteen or fifteen years old, to walk twenty miles in you know a twenty-four yeah. hour period, yeah, especially through terrain that you may not be used to, that's
0: that's yeah, I know, pretty good he was definitely traumatized after that and he doesn't uh, doesn't really talk about it well
1: and if something uh, if something did happen it could be something he's blocked out that he doesn't want to remember as well right
0: the first time i saw a shadow person um the first time i saw one of those things though um for me with uh my sleep paralysis um it's a little bit Different than what I'd say other people experience. They, uh, people are actually, they can't move at all. I can move, but I can't feel anything. It's like my whole body has fallen asleep, which is, uh, so it's difficult to move and it hurts. So, but, uh, this particular instance, the first time, um, was going to sleep and, uh, I guess it was about an hour later or so, um, I hear something moving around near the end of my bed. I don't know what it is. I thought the cat was in my room at the time, but uh, then I remember I didn't let the cat in my room. um, So it wasn't that. Then I looked up and what was above me was just a black mass kind of looming and looking at me and uh, at that point um, I kind of sprung up in surprise and uh, I think I connected my fist to whatever it is because I remember my fist getting bruised after that so but it it fell back behind where it was before I turned on the lights and uh, it was gone so But also, in that particular house, um, uh, me and my brother, well, I collect um, some spell books. Some of them are darker stuff. And uh, my brother borrowed one, um, one of my darker ones that you really shouldn't be messing around with, and uh, started reading out of it. So after that, we started having more and more Instances of weird stuff going on in the house. Um, Me and my mom would. uh, We were upstairs, and in the middle of the night, you hear a little girl giggle, like just the creepiest thing, or play around with stuff and stomp around in the hallway there. But yeah, you go out into the hallway, nothing out there. Or during that time, we were um, me and my brother would wake up with really with a lot of scratches on us like all over and uh i'd say it was like almost like cat scratches but uh, they look like cat scratches but much much bigger so yeah that was at that particular house but uh once we moved out of there we hadn't had any instances of that there's the ufo that i saw the one time i was uh do you have, or do you have any questions about the previous story? Or...
1: Do you, do you know if your brother or anybody else in the house had seen any shadow
0: figures? Uh, we, we definitely saw something besides that a few times, like me and him. I'm not sure about my mom, but uh, she might have and not just hadn't told us. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Um, during that time, uh, me and my brother. Ended up in the hospital for about a month. Uh, we were pretty sick. The uh, the people at the hospital didn't know what the heck was wrong with us, but but uh, yeah. After that, we did start to feel better after being out of the house. So so yeah.
1: So do you was, think? Uh, do you think maybe hmm? it was something that your brother was getting into with the spell book that
0: yeah brought
1: everything <laughs> on.
0: Well, the thing about spell books is uh, sp- you don't want to read out anything out loud. He uh, he did. So that's uh, that's one of the biggest things. Words have power. So you have to be very careful with that stuff. And
1: when you got sick, that, that happened after um,
0: he had read from the book? Yeah. But again, we went to the hospital and uh, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with us. Because nothing came back, but our stomachs were still feeling like that,
1: so even if, even though when once you got out of the house and were at the hospital, did you feel better at the hospital? like there wasn't
0: yeah after after a while, we started feeling better, but uh, they still kept us under observation for for a month,
1: right. But I mean, like basically, once you left the house, could you feel a difference? You know, like there was an oppression or something that was. Was doing something to you at the house making you feel that way?
0: Yeah, there was definitely something there. That, uh... I don't know if the uh, the newer people that have moved in are, are dealing with that stuff now, but uh, I'm hoping they're not. But, uh, who knows? I'd still like to know why we were hearing little girls giggle in the middle of the night, because that's, uh... That's an odd thing, even for... What do you read... Was um, spell from uh, I think his name was Bial Bial or something. I'm not sure. I think it's one of the demons mm-hmm. higher ups. So how to summon him? So now I keep those books uh, kind of more secure. Don't let uh, don't let anybody uh, touch them. Another thing about spell books is you you can't just throw them out or get rid of them because um, then you're just asking for more trouble so so yeah spell books are something um, something that interests me and uh, shouldn't uh, shouldn't be considered toys absolutely so I I, uh, took a trip to uh, to British Columbia my grandparents live in Parksville or were living in Parksville in Nanaimo there Um, so I drove from Calgary there all in one go about a 17 hour trip in just one day so and I got there around uh, I think nine o'clock ten o'clock sometime and like that and uh, I ate while I was there talked to my grandparents for a bit my grandpa was complaining about uh, a raccoon that was going through the uh, through the gardens and eating stuff that he really shouldn't be yeah he was having trouble with that and trouble with the deer which are I'm not sure if you have you uh, been to BC before. Or?
1: No, well, um, no. The only I've gone to Canada, but basically mm-hmm. uh, right across from Niagara Falls area.
0: Uh, well, yeah, Vancouver Island is very pretty. It's got a lot of a uh, lot of rainforest, um, so it's not typical Canada. It's warm all year round, and uh, the deer there are pretty uh, pretty tiny compared to deer you'll find elsewhere, so they're kind of kind of dwarf deers and yeah, they're uh, kind of a pest too they uh, they come into town and they'll eat all your tulips off the front of your lawn, which is kind of funny and yeah, grandpa was complaining about that and uh, took a walk down to the beach, I was wanted to smoke some cigars, so um, got to the beach, just uh, listen to the waves and looked at the sky and uh, when you're in her on Vancouver Island, uh, there's very little light pollution so you see a lot more of the sky at night and uh, you'll see uh, satellites constantly flying over. And uh, while I was there, I saw what I first thought was a satellite. Um, but with satellites, they tend to stay in one direction. They might arc a little bit, but this particular light took a very sharp right turn, and uh, I knew at that point that wasn't a satellite. And I said nope, and left the area. Um, and on my way back, there's um, there's a stream that runs underneath the road there that has a lot of reeds and. Uh, So I walk past that and I start seeing the reeds moving around and I freeze because I'm a little unnerved at that point and I'm just staring at it and I see a couple very black eyes poke out of there and then a nose and a very very fat raccoon waddles out and I'm at that point I was kind of laughing because I was being silly, at least I thought I was, and I walk back home, her back to my grandparents, and I get there, and I would left around about 10.30, um, I should have been back around, around 11.30, I wasn't gone that long as far as I was aware, I didn't get home until well after uh, 1.30 that night, so... I don't know where the time went, but uh, something happened, I don't know what, I'm kind of hesitant to, uh, to find out, but uh, yeah, that was, um, that was kind of a scary instant, and then after that, um, with my sleep paralysis that I told you about before, um, I just start remembering after waking up, um, I tend to sleep on my a stomach and not uh, on my back. Uh, to help with sleep paralysis but uh, even then uh, I was starting to get instances where I remember a lot of little hands just touching my back holding me down in the middle of the night I'm not sure what the hell's going on but uh, it didn't feel like my bed either while I was in those instances so I don't know what's going on with that either but uh, really weird but again, with the, uh, the sleep apnea machine that I have, uh, the, uh, the instances of that kind of weird stuff has definitely took a very sharp decline. So,
1: I'm wondering, do you think maybe that you're attracting things? Like maybe that you have an ability to to attract spirits that you don't know about?
0: I kind of hope I don't, but it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Too many weird things have happened, so I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I know I don't have any powers or anything like that, not delusional that way. Um, but definitely a lot of weird stuff has happened. There are more weird stuff that uh, i just just uh, given you the cliff notes really of it all. Um, so I don't know if I attract it or why I would attract it, but uh, but yeah, that stuff happens. After that particular instance, um, I haven't had any instances of uh, that happening recently, but uh, I have had a few instances of, in the middle of the night, um, I wasn't experiencing sleep paralysis, but I would get woken up in the middle of the night and uh, see a black mass, not like a shadow person, but like a big circular or spheroid of, of uh, a thing and uh, tendrils just coming out of that and uh, one of those instances I find out a few days later that uh, my next door neighbor had also had that experience happen to her the same night that I did so I don't know what happened why it's doing that to her too but uh, very odd Um, freaks me out because it's just a formless mass really weird instances. Um, on that particular instance, I had uh, I kicked my lamp really bad and uh, cut my foot open with the, uh, the light bulb. So yeah, I remember that I was screaming apparently and my mom came in. I don't know what the black mass is. It scares me and uh, I'd rather not uh, have to deal with that again
1: does the Hmm? black mask does it feel like it's malicious or is it just kind of something that you see that it
0: puts a little bit it's it might be malicious i uh i don't like it i don't trust it uh, to stay in its corner um but uh yeah with the shadow man um i had seen that seen the shadow man a few times like after that but uh I think, um, with that, it, I scared it or something, I don't know. But it, uh, normally I hear stories of people being strangled by them in the middle of the night, and sometimes instances of, uh, the hag hanging out with them, but, uh, but nothing like that. The, uh, the thing would just stand in the corner, kind of stare at me. I don't know why, but, uh, that's what it would do. The next weird thing that, uh, actually I have some sort of evidence although some people will say that it's uh, dust is when I was working at my my mom's shop. Um, she has a had a metaphysical store on 17th Ave in Calgary for a bit and uh, one day while we were still doing renovations on it, getting it all set up there was a particular guy that uh, he came in the door um, and was kind of Kind of freaked my mom out so after that we got security systems for the place um and started seeing uh started seeing orbs in the uh, the video feed um they're actually videos on my main facebook page so so there's uh quite a few of them um on there um i know a lot of people say it's dust or it's bugs or something but uh our shop was pretty clean um and these particular orbs were moving in ways that they seemed to be uh, have, having a mind of their own like not not bugs but because uh, yeah we didn't we didn't have bugs in our place other than uh some spiders in the basement but but yeah, there was a lot of a uh, lot of orbs there, moving in all different directions and uh, being kind of freaky. Um, a few instances of uh, uh, one orb, like we'd kind of figured it was. Uh, there used to be a cat living in there back when it was still a uh, cigar and wine bar, um, and uh, we see this big orb kind of uh, wander next to the front of the counter and then jump up onto the counter. And then every once in a while we would have, uh, we'd find stuff knocked off the shelves and on the floor. So, you know, typical cat behavior. And yeah, there, there was one particular video that, uh, I haven't, I hadn't uploaded it because, uh, my mom asked me not to, but, uh, it kind of looks like a large dog or a wolf is walking through there like almost like pixelated but it's definitely on all fours and then it stands up like a man uh, my mom told me not to put it up because it would probably freak out our customers which i kind of have to agree that was that was a little too weird even for that particular store yeah that was definitely a weird weird time at the uh, at the shop I um, also knew that uh, there, was, there was apparently an old lady that um, back when the shop was still, still a house, um, she had died in there, little, little old Italian lady, and, uh, and my co-worker and my mom and uh, a lot of the customers would catch her out of the corner of your eye every once in a while. We just tried to keep her happy, so we'd set up a cup of coffee for her upstairs and uh, leave it be like daily so after that life has been pretty pretty normal
1: i wanted to ask about so you've had a metaphysical shop so yep. you had many different people coming in many different energies that they're bringing yep. in that very well could have been the cause of some of your issues at right. the shop because you you know you don't know what kind of energy energies they're bringing with them yep so that's kind of interesting the whole the whole wolf or dog-like thing that stands up is very freaky.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's why it didn't get uploaded. But uh, I kind of wish uh, I kept it somewhere, but uh, I don't have that video anymore. It was on a old phone and on the old security system, so maybe uh, maybe the security system company still has it, but I wouldn't uh, wouldn't guess that they do because uh, that's just extra storage they have to hold. So. We did have a lot of issues at the shop with weird people coming in. Um, we, had, uh, we had a reader that uh, I didn't really like her. Um, my mom was friends with her, but, uh, but after a while, um, she was kind of poaching our customers for her own personal business at home. So she would, uh, instead of giving readings at the store, Um, she would start getting... She would stay at the store, hand out her cards, and get people to come to her place for a discount, which was kind of uh, rude. And uh, after that, we had asked her to leave. And uh, we knew she was a a hoodoo practitioner. Um, So that's... I don't know exactly what that is, but uh, we kept finding piles of weird... weird, dust everywhere in the shop that uh somebody had put there um like not not like dirt dust like herbs and stuff kind of powder in places and uh we had to clean that all up we, uh, remove a lot of the energy so at that point uh we would uh, smudge the whole shop daily with sage and uh clean it up so yeah first thing in the morning it was kind of uh kind of smoky um while we were getting the store all set up for the day and uh we'd do that inside the store and go all the way around the store just to uh just to prevent that kind of energy from entering but uh even then people still with negative energy would come in there um we did have a lot of issues with uh with natives because uh we We were selling sage and uh, a lot of Natives do not like that, Um, they think that it should be a gift but uh, um, with sage people have to go out and collect it so they're spending all their time just doing that so it doesn't seem right just to uh, expect them to give that away while they're spending a lot of time doing that so yeah we'd sell it they'd get paid.
1: So I want to thank you for being willing to come on the show and and share your experiences and hopefully things straighten out for you that you don't have to worry about all that stuff anymore.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. But uh, again, I haven't really had to uh, deal with anything weird in a few years now. So happy about that.
1: Yeah, that's a good thing. That's going to do it for this episode of the stuff of nightmares podcast. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the subjects I talked about on the show today, you can check out the sources in the show notes on the stuff of nightmares podcast webpage or the Facebook page. Remember to hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. So you never miss an episode. If you'd like to share an experience on the show, you can email me at the stuff of nightmares podcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on the stuff of nightmares podcast, Facebook page. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep an eye on that neighbor. You know which one. The weird one.